evening and good evening. Thank you for joining us, folks. You are listening to Black Talk Radio Network, and this is Colette Williams, your host with Black Women Speak. It is a Tuesday, and it's a great Tuesday. Thank you for joining us right here on Black Talk Radio Network. This is where you get all the news and views that you can use. We've got a great guest this afternoon. He is going to share with us how we're going to shatter the negativity on hip-hop music and rap music. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get in deep with that. And he is Kwabina, and I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, but he's going to tell us how to get there and what we need to do. So folks, saddle in, strap yourselves in, because this is going to be a whirlwind wonderful conversation, and we're going to shatter the airways and bring it back so that you get a clear understanding that we change the the narrative right here on Black Talk Radio Network. Let's get started because we're going to probably run out of time and you know how we do it. We bring you all the news and views that you can use. So stick with us right here on BTRN Radio. Let's get started. Kwabina, how are you? Am I saying Kwabina right? Yeah, that's fine. Kwabina, Kwabina, that's fine. Kwabina, Kwabina, yeah. Kwabina. And what does Kwabina mean? It means born on Tuesday. It's an Akan name. I got it when I went to Ghana at the beginning of this, right near the end of the last century. It means born on Tuesday. Yes, the male child born on Tuesday. Ah, okay. And that was given to you when you were in Ghana? Yeah, I mean, I could just you could just take it, you know, what, what day you were born on. But yeah, I had a, uh, the name that was given to me was uh, Sagidi. And uh, that's the name that was given to me. And I took my father's name, which is Razuli. And my uncle's name, which is Jijaga. So mm. I got my, my whole name is Kwabana Saigidi Jijaga Razuli. And Razuli means the messenger. Okay. Okay. And you got all that from Ghana? Uh-uh. I got some of that from, from, uh, from like, uh, Saigidi and Razuli are Swahili names. And so my father, yeah. yeah, I got that from him early on. And Jijaga is a name from Angola that my uncle Geronimo mm. took. Geronimo Jijaga. Okay. Okay. Sounds like, uh, what's the movie? Black Panther. Yes. <laughs> sounds exactly. Like Black yeah. Sounds like Black Panther. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid back in 19, 19 and 70, uh, before then, my siblings and I, we all got Swahili names. And back then in the late 60s, early 70s, it was really, really important to have a Swahili name to speak Swahili, to be a part of the movement, to be a part of and to understand what the Panthers were all about. All of those days have gone, unfortunately. My Swahili name is Tazamisha. Tazamisha. My father got his name during that same portion in LA. He got Razuli. And so I grew up with people with names like Majadi, Heshimu, Sagidi. Mm. Stajabu, mm-hmm. Maitia, all of that. So I was all around that. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's still here. <laughs> good. That's good. That's good to know. So I am Tazamisha. My sister was Kidogo. My mother was Rahema. And I believe Rahema meant, is it queen? Something like that. My brother was, uh, what is his name? I forgot. Tazamisha, Rahema, Kidogo. He something my nephew is Imani and I forgot the other two but we all had Swahili names and we all went through the ceremony to be named to naming be given yes. yeah we went through the naming ceremony so I have a great deal of respect folks don't do that anymore they name their kids um whatever they see Francis Skeeter, the street sign they named their kids some of these things that that uh, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. it. It's almost like they curse them, and they put these names on them that have no meaning, unfortunately, and they don't know what it means to have a name that actually means something. It has something that goes along with it, like Imani means faith. Yes. So that is so important. Unfortunately, people don't understand how important 
names really are. No more. The name is so important. We were when we were substitute teaching. I would go to different schools. I live in Gary, Indiana, to the different high schools when we had several high schools. And I would one of the things I would do was give get the, their dates, get their birthdays, and then uh, the day they were born. And I give all the children African names. And oh. it was because so years later they'll see me. Don't you remember you named me? Um, you named me. Uh, let me see, Abana. You named me <laughs> Cecilia or something. So yeah, so I would give them all. All of them would have uh, the African names. That's great. That's absolutely great. This is a perfect segue into reconstructing the airways. This is really, really important. And I am one that believes rap music has done a great deal of damage to the Black community. So when Scotty said that this is another interview, I'm really, really thrilled that you accepted the invitation and that we can talk about the airways and and what has happened what has happened with the damaging rap music. And and I guess this is the year 50th anniversary of hip hop. What are they actually celebrating? I, I don't know. I maybe celebrating the, I don't know, the money that a few people made. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just so, I, I've been sharing. I don't really have much to celebrate. I did go to a concert the other day with some of the, the legendary rappers, but it, it's it's perplexing to me that we would celebrate a genre of music where currently right now and for several decades now it's been dropping in bombs on us constantly. Yeah. It's been our women B's and H's. It's been telling us to take each other's life. Yes. How do you celebrate that. How do you celebrate that? Are you stupid, sleep, or what? How do you celebrate being called a B.I., being called an H.O. with some man? tells you what he wants to do to you physically how do you celebrate somebody popping off gum guns and it it is amazing to me that people find a way to rationalize that and also someone said to me that I should not call kids kids so those folks who are my juniors I should not call them kids they're not kids I said well what are they I said, if I call him NIG, you'd be okay with that. Mm. But if I call him a kid, you're not okay with that. But if I use the N word or the B word, you're going to find a way to rationalize that. So to me, it's the same thing in this so-called genre that is controlling the airways, which makes no sense. So how do you you've mentioned that the formation of clear the airwaves that project began in 2013 can you elaborate on that and the pivotal moment moment when you decided to take action against radio stations that promote that vulgarity that violent behavior the vulgarity calling women and girls out of their names i got into a lift and this mexican girl was the driver and just as I began to tell her, you got to stop that, she turned the channel because it was it was stuff that would never come out of my mouth. It was stuff at my age, I would never allow that to come out of my mouth. So they know they know how, it's, they know how horrible it is. And it's but what, what got us started? Well, actually, just being a, a DJ and just a lover of music, like so many other people are, just people, we just love music. It's, it's culture. It's, it moves us. It's mm-hmm. the power of music. And just knowing about the classics. I mean, I'm, just, I'm talking about the soul from the 70s and the 80s and part of the 90s when it started to wane, just how beautiful it was, how funky it was, how much fun we had with it. And then to see where it is now. And I saw the gradual change when I was in college in, uh, in the late 80s and what have you. I would hear this music when the and when it started, how ratchet it was, how dangerous it was. And I, I, I wrote it for the school paper at Southern University. And we had a, a, a thing called the weekly wrap up. And so we would write about the horrific music. And that was part of the golden age of rap too. Mm-hmm. So we would do a top 10. And out of my top 10, seven, eight of the songs would be conscious. I would DJ at parties. When I played the parties, most of the songs would be conscious. I did play NWA's clean version of Gangsta Gangsta. I played the clean version was still everybody knew the, the ratchet version, but, but, we, but that was one song, but then we were playing 
some cool Modi and whatever. So that was part of the issue then. And they, they some people say they had a secret meeting or something in the early 90s. And then, <clears throat> then the golden age, you know, went away. And I, I moved up here to when I got out of school up to the Chicago area, a city called Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And the stations out here were horrible. We had petitions back in. I remember going to an engineering conference in Detroit in 96. And I had we had a petition right now to deal with uh, a station called 106 Jams or whatever it was called in Chicago. And the night, that Saturday night, Tupac had got shot because I had a petition. And oh. that, that Sunday morning, I mean, everybody, everybody in the whole general meeting signed the petition. Uh, because Tupac got shot because that's what we were talking about. They promote this violence and these drop-in bombs. And then they were saying the actual N-I-G-G-E-R. They, uh, a, they like to say, A, speaking of Tupac, he tried to give it another definition. But they were saying the, the whole word on the radio. And so we got those petitions signed, but then it kept getting worse and worse. It got worse and worse. And so I was participated in demonstrations at Chicago's Clear Channel Station early on. And then we formed... I said I lived in Gary, but Gary was a city that led the nation in murders probably 13. Really? Yeah, 13 out of the first 15 years I was here. What? And, yeah, and the only reason it stopped, and that's per capita, not numbers, but per capita. And But the only reason it stopped because our population uh, fell down below 100,000, up from initially was, not initially, but from a high of about 170,000. Wow. It's, yeah, it's way up, it's probably like 80,000 now. What? Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible what's happening here, and this is this is part of what we're dealing with on this whole. I'm sure this whole this whole talk that we're having today, and so um, I work with our brother Kojo. We formed the uh, he had the Concerned Citizens Against Violence in Gary, and so we talked about how this music is promoting the violence. So we would demonstrate at the station that was close to us in a place called Hammond Power ninety two, which is a Crawford broadcasting station. So we hold demonstrations there, uh, and we held one on Valentine's where we continuously, we had one on Valentine's day, 2012 or 13, 2013. And we said, we love our children too much to allow you all to continue this audio rape of their minds, this violent audio rape of their minds. And so it was a cold day that day. I mean, like about 20 some degrees. And then we found out some brothers and sisters were having a, another demonstration and they needed some signs over in Chicago and they wanted us to come out and they were at the downtown Chicago at the clear channel station, which is now our heart. So we went out there that Saturday. And one of the reasons why they were there, Hydea Pendleton had just got shot and killed. And Hydea Pendleton was a 15 year old from Martin Luther King school in Chicago, who was invited with, along with a group of others to sing at Barack Obama's second inauguration. Oh my God. Wanted to come home about a week or so later to be shot down. Outside. Oh my God. And so they were fed up. We were fed up. They they understood that, you know, music promotes this. And so we went down there. We had the demonstration. Uh, it was cold, 14 degree day that day. It was so cold. Wow. And our Lupe Fiasco was out there. He was working at the station. He's one of our conscious hip hop artists. And he was at the station and uh, he took our sign up there. And I, uh, I think I shared in that article. That's the last time we ever seen Lupe on on, on that station. Um, good brother, and we're also and also known as one of the best hip hop artists around, but from Chicago and gets no play on Chicago radio, no play. So, and so after that we formed the uh, we started meeting with a group of brothers and sisters from Chicago, and we formed the Clear the Airways project. So, what is the best hip hop artist? What what classifies that person as the best hip hop artist? On my classification, they got to be conscious and they got to, you know, I, I agree with Gil Scott Heron. If they ain't saying nothing in their songs, just do an instrumental, especially during the, especially during the times such as this. When okay. We are. But so oh. my, my, my thing would be somebody like, a, uh, like I said, like a Lupe, like a Chuck D, like a, um, you know, Big Crit. We got Young Conda, Don, D1. There's, there's so many. I, I, I'll stop. But sisters like sisters like Ciroc, Lauryn Hill. Uh, and so... It's yeah. So it's a lot. Of, and there's a lot of other conscious hip hop artists who do that. And all of them, not all of them, but too many of them drop too many in bombs. We got to get on about that. And, you know, we'll talk about that some more, too, I hope. But that is the most dis- dis- disgusting, despicable. It is. Dangerous. It is. In the history of English 
or any other language. It really is. And you know what? As you were saying that, it just hit me. Back in the late 60s, let's say 67 to 74, 75, I never heard music that contained vulgarity and the N-word. Never did we hear the N-word. Those were words that we just did not use. We did not use them on a daily basis. And we did not hear them in our music. Now, there are people that say the music back then is just as bad as the music today. Wrong again. Wrong again. Okay. Because they say things like sexual healing, or they say things like, uh, I want to groove you tonight, or something like that. I would much rather have that because I want to groove with you tonight. You don't know what that means. That could mean sitting on a couch, reading a book. I want to groove with you just means I want to be in your company. But what we hear today- Dancing, you could be dancing, groove. Dancing, absolutely. And what we hear today leaves, the only thing that you can have in your mind is, is it's, it's vulgar, it's, it's musical rape. That's what it is. It's so it's rape to a beat because for somebody to say what he's going to do and he is explicit, what is that? That is not music. And we unfortunately have been sold a bill of goods in that. And it has done so much damage to our communities and to the young people. So you say, in your essay, it's clear that certain music and radio stations have a profound impact on our communities. And we know good and well that it does. Can you describe the most notable changes that you've witnessed due to these influences? And let me tell you, uh, where do we begin? What do you say? Just the way we treat each other, how we don't love each other like we should. I mean, somebody was, I saw the sister on this piece. She was in her forties and beautiful sister, not married. And she was lamenting that and talking about that. Well, maybe it's because I just haven't found the one that ran across the one. I'm like, it's, it's bigger than you. It's a, it's a whole thing where black women aren't getting married anymore. Black people aren't getting married anymore. And one of the things I say about, uh, I think near the turn of the century, there was a stat that came out that uh, 40 some percent of women in their thirties had never been married. And so now I read recently that nearly half of Black women, these are Black women, nearly half of Black women have never been married. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the question, well, who going to marry him? Why would I marry a Black woman when every time I turn the radio on, them H's ain't loyal is being played? Or mm-hmm. I would never wife her. I only one nighter. Women are full of lies. I just F them and pass them to my guys. Really? That, oh, that's the song they play. You're uh, kidding. No, no, that song was they played that was played about a decade a decade ago. They played oh. it in hot rotation all the time. Oh, um, you're kidding. Yep, yeah, songs like I'm a I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a treat her like a dog, beat her like a dog, feed her like a dog, and pass her to my dogs. <gasps> oh, oh, you oh no, you're gonna oh, we're gonna hear some stuff tonight. I mean, I'm I'm gonna try to keep it, I will, I'll keep it respectful as I can, but it's this stuff is it's worse than you think. It is oh my god. Okay, gets, so so wait a minute. Do you believe that the FCC has fallen short of their duties? The FCC won't allow the N-word or the F-bomb or certain things be said on the air, but they allow this. They allow this kind of stuff and they don't stop it. So their standards, their standards are in the toilet when it comes to this kind of whatever it's called. So how do we how do we get with the FCC, or how do we take measures into our own hands? Because we have to address these issues. The FCC and these promoters want this in the community. They want this in the Black community. And what are the steps that you think should be taken to deal with these issues head on? No, we, 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 we've worked with the FCC, as a matter of fact. One of our, our groups that we worked with was Rage Against the Ratchet. Mm-hmm. So they would have complaints and also uh, industry ears, uh, Lisa Fager and Paul Porter out of D.C. 
they would share these F, how you get to an FCC complaint form. It takes about four or five minutes at the most to fill out the form because FCC, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, mm-hmm. they govern these broadcasts um, yes. all over. But they yes. and they have decency standards. They say we are, we uphold First Amendment rights to free speech. However, because our children may be listening at certain times on these stations or outlets that we govern, we have to have some standards. They call them those decency standards. And they're simple. You cannot play profane or indecent content between the hours of six o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night. Again, because those are the hours that our children are most likely to be listening. Oh. After 10 o'clock, to give you a little leeway. However, obscene content is never allowed. And so they violate all of that all the time. The stuff is indecent, it's profane, and it's obscene all the time. Like I was just sharing with you some of those examples, but there's so many more. And so we would file complaints and one of the stations near the Philly area, they had to shut down. They changed the format. One of our comrades went and said, what happened? He said, oh, we kept getting these fines. We couldn't pay them. And so that was a smaller, I guess, a smaller owner. But the conglomerates like the No Hearts, they're called iHeart. It used to be Clear Channel. We call them No Heart. Mm-hmm. They just brush it off the shoulder. However, we still encourage the people to file these complaints. Go to the FCC.org website. There's a complaint spot you can go to and go. please go file those complaints. We have some um, some online uh, examples of when we had complaint. We do, we do like a complaint filing session. All we would do, all we would do is turn the radio on any time of day for about a half hour. We get three or four songs. That mm. we Mm. Well, they'll play four or five in a row that we catch about three or four and get the lyrics. Yeah. Right. And so and so we um through the Airways project, my comrade Bernard, Sister Terry, and myself, we we got the we got a petition together and we were we put it on um change.org. And while we were doing that, we're constantly putting out propaganda and information. And we put out this flyer uh from a 2010. Uh, July 2010 protest we had at one of the stations here, the one I was talking about earlier, the Crawford Broadcasting Station. And so the sister Layla saw it and thought we were talking about 2020. This was just a couple of years, a few years ago. And so she jumped all on it. We got to do something about this. And sister freeze a little bit. This is from uh, 10 years ago. We're not about to go out. We like we should have, but we're not about to go out in the next couple of days. But she said, I want to work with you all. So she started working with us. We worked on that petition even more. We put more information out there on it. Uh, we got um, well over a thousand signatures, and then we took those and we filed complaints with the FCC, formal complaints with the FCC. Um, we got counsel with Bob Law and, and others with our group, and iHeart Station, iHeart Conglomerate, which mm-hmm. is their channel, they had to mm-hmm. respond. The Crawford Station had to respond, and they, their lawyers responded to our complaint with some weak arguments. So we responded back. And so this was again in summer of 2020. We did not hear back from them from the FCC until we had to get with our Congressman Frank Morvan to put pressure on the Federal Communications Commission because they report to Congress. Mm-hmm. Give us a response back. So it was Black Music Month of 2021 when we got our response back from the Crawford Station. And they they ruled in favor of the Crawford Station, saying that, yes, saying that they trust that their licensees are providing content that's in the best interest of their listeners. What? Yes, that's what the FCC did. And we we gave them all sorts of examples about my Drago. Uh, I run with my Drago, this, which is an assault weapon, and I'm making them dance while I'm shooting up the party, uh, the, the block party. Oh, yeah, we gave them all these kind of examples. Songs about, uh, examples about, like GCI one time, they played uh, two songs in a row about shooting you in the face. Oh, two songs in a row, straight up. I got it. It's still recorded. I got it on uh, it's on my social media page. What? Yeah, I got it recorded as they were playing it. Because we actually were listening to it. And we said, oh, wow. And then the next song came on while we were talking about it. I was like, wait a minute. I think they say it here, too. And that was the NBA Youngboy song where he said, shoot you in the face. And NBA Youngboy, by the way, is the, is the brother who John Morant was listening to pretty much both times when he got in trouble flashing his guns. You're naming things that I don't know anything about. I've never heard of anything like this. The overarching, however, the only one that you mentioned that I can recall is NWA. And I, for years, I didn't know what NWA stood for. I didn't know what that was. But you're naming people that I've never heard of. I've never heard of these people. And 
they could be riding on the front end of my car. I wouldn't know who they are. They don't mean that's, anything to me. That's part of the plan. That's part of what they what they did. We had a uh, brother Sundiata, uh, not Sundiata Kule, uh, Seiko Odinga was a political prisoner and he got released uh, several years ago. And he was talking about, I heard him speaking at a Malcolm X program in Atlanta. And he was talking about how they, when he got out, he noticed how they separated the families in the-, in the Yes. Mm-hmm. The, music. the music now is different because we grew up listening to the same music our parents listened to. Now, some of the stuff, you know, I wouldn't, couldn't get into, but most of the stuff that was, we all listened to the same music. And so they separated. So now us who are, are, are older, uh, we don't, we don't, we can't appreciate what they're listening to. Matter of fact, this is a personal thing that it sounds so bad. Most of it does. You can't understand them. There's no instrumentation being played. And so, but that's all they've been force feeding our children. So it's a different thing, but I want to finish up with the FCC and I'll finish up uh, with the other. Yes, please. So that was Black Music Month 2021. So we're, okay, now what's, what, what about GCI? Because Crawford, they had already got their license renewed. And so part of our complaint against them was to take their license because they keep violating your decency standards to just take their license. So they, they, again, they sided with Crawford. So we didn't hear about GCI until early last year. It was 2022 mm-hmm. that we heard uh, back from the FCC concerning the WGCI iHeart Clear Channel Station. And once again, they ruled against us. And so they ruled in favor of the radio station. And so it's, 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 it's sad. But it's true. That's what they did. And the FCC, pretty much as far as we're concerned, are, must be in cahoots with them because they have blatant mm-hmm. examples. And all they have to do is turn the, turn the station on for a little while. We filed so many complaints, FCC complaints about these two stations and the violent, vulgar, pornographic, dangerous garbage that they push to the masses of our children and youth. Now, isn't it interesting that the FCC jumped in and outlawed payola? Okay, you can't play any pay anybody to play the music. But isn't it interesting that they allow this vulgarity, this profane, violent garbage on the airways, but you can't pay somebody to come in and play, I don't know, the temptations. Okay, you can't pay anybody to play the music that should be on the airways. So I think it's a double standard. I think it is a huge double standard. So they want to promote the weaponization. They want to promote vulgarity. The more harmful it is, the better it is for the FCC because the decency standards don't apply to us. They don't apply to us because the damage that it it does, that's the design. And we fall for that that design. And you mentioned Lupe Fiasco, somebody I've never heard of. And, and my question is, do you believe that radio stations play a role in amplifying or silencing voices in the music industry, especially when it comes to artists who promote positivity? They don't want to hear that. Yeah, some people sometimes would talk about that we were calling for censorship, that we are. And I mentioned Bob earlier. Bob says they're the ones who call it for censorship. If it's not talking about shooting, killing, yep, ignorant materialism, uh, if not dropping M bombs or B bombs or pornography, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. don't play it. They mm-hmm. censor, they censor it if it's not doing that. And so yeah, the radio, even though people and this is true, the radio doesn't have as much influence as as it used to, of course, but it's still there. People still listen to it, um, and it's still. That's the ultimate to get your stuff played on the radio. Yeah. And so um, yeah, and it's they have a they have a major influence. That's why there's something called uh spins. How many spins these these songs that they're in hot rotation, mm-hmm. getting like uh 15 to 20 spins per day. And then you might even catch them in the mix sometimes because all these stations are doing mixes where they're mixing a lot of this garbage music music in. There was a song out called uh what was the name of the song? Sister was telling me about it, she was on her way to work. And uh, she said how she was uh, practically start crying when her son was talking, listening to the song called, not Cry Baby, Cry Baby. It was with Megan Pete. They call her a male horse, Megan the Stallion. But it was with her and the baby. And it was a song, Cry Baby. And the song is depicts them in a children's store or toy store. It's just straight porn. It's just ridiculous. 
So I checked the station in Indianapolis just to see the rotation, how many times they were playing it. And pretty much every hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, the song was, was played. But at the same time I was checking that, I was I kept seeing another song by Spot 'em Got 'em that I kind of I thought was kind of, you know, kind of like the beat was kind of funky, the flow was funky. And this song called uh, by Spot 'em Got 'em was called Beatbox. Uh, my beatbox and his beatboxes is gun and make some beatbox and make some dance. He said, uh, shoot him in the back, knock his dreads off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a horrible song about shooting killer people. And then uh, there was a remix to it. And the baby even in, in the remix says the same baby that was in this crybaby song. He says that I, I piss in the cup and tell her his lemonade. Heard on the radio. Play that on the radio. What? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Y'all just don't know. Just don't know how how pervasive. And somebody asked me, you think it, you think it's gonna get any worse? Recently, I said, uh, that was a good question, but yeah, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse. It it's can worse. get worse. Oh yeah, it can get worse than that. It, it's it's got well, that's bad, pretty bad. But oh yeah, oh yeah, it can get worse. Yeah. What? Oh, uh, the radio, like, there's a song. Oh, I hate to say this. Can I say it? Probably don't want me to say it. Go ahead. Number one song in the country for African youth. Uh, I guess it was like going on a year and a half, maybe two years ago, was a song called Throat Baby. Throat Baby? Throat. Your throat. throat? Oh, Throat Baby? Throat okay. Baby. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, okay, so I was like Lil Wayne. I just heard a song from him the other day. Uh, they would have him perform in a city, neighboring city called Hammond at their free festival. Same city where yesterday they passed the ordinance i believe to make the gas stations close at midnight because of the violence in the gas stations mm. said, you know okay do that but y'all bring a little wayne little wayne who promotes all this violence you have one of the worst radio stations in the whole country right here spewing violent music lyrics constantly 24 7 but little wayne on the way back from that meeting little wayne says oh i never thought i'd leave my kids until i left them in her in her mouth you don't get that do you You can't get you don't get what what he's saying. That's the same thing like throat babies. This I feel kind of bad even talking about it, but this is what our children oh hear constantly. Oh my god, that and makes me want to regurgitate. But that that was the number one song in the country for our children. You gotta throat. be kidding me! I'm telling you, and oh, and they have two different videos for it, and it's just it, it's it can get worse. It can How get worse. can it get worse? There's no room for it to get any worse. There's no room. It can't get worse. Have you heard There's of sexy? Nowhere for it to go. Have you heard of sexy red? No, I haven't. She's the newest phenomenon. You said she. She she is the newest phenomenon. Sexy red is. That's a person. That's a girl, young girl from St. Louis. That's a young girl from St. Louis. Does she have parents? I'm sure she does. And they allow that. It's 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 be it's it's not on beyond control of the parents. This this stuff is so crazy now. I, I I go back to what Sister Julia Hare said on this famous clip that they have from one of Tavis Smiley's programs back back in the day when she talked about the administrators, the teachers, the parents, and the students, and and who's all scared. But she goes back to and they scared of the students. <laughs> so it's 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 just it's totally out of control right now. Me and Scotty, we've been dealing with this for a decade now. And uh, again, Black Talk Media Project, we've been on this for, for a while. And he can tell you, it's just gotten worse. It's worse. And it's, it's going to get worse unless we do something about it. We have to do something about it. And we how, are. How can it get worse? You still have not answered my question. Where is it going to go? It can't get any worse. Do you tell the sponsors, such as McDonald's, Taco Bell, KFC, that garbage, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Exxon, Shell, Chevron, car dealers, do you tell them that um, if they don't stop this, do you think they have anything to do with this? Because they're promoting this also, because their commercials play behind that garbage. So they're, they're the financiers. They yeah, are. they're the financiers. So Everybody has a very pivotal role in all of this. And you know what's interesting? You don't hear 
this kind of mess on white talk radio. They're not dealing with this, but black folks are. Black folks are the ones that are losing their lives because of all of this every single day. Every day, every day. Every day. There's a list, and you probably already know. There's a list of probably about 75 rappers on this list. And it starts from the 80s all the way up to today. And there it's listing all of the rappers that have been shot and killed. And the oldest one, I believe, is 54. And I believe that's the oldest guy that we've had on the show, 54, and he's a rap artist. And then the youngest, they're all in their 20s. And the worst thing, now, you've never heard of anybody from the Temptations, the Miracles, the Four Tops, the Delphonics, uh, the Isley Brothers, the Main Ingredient, the Fifth Dimension, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Mays, Frankie Beverly and Mays, Diana Ross, uh, Aretha Franklin, uh, Gladys Knight, Patrice Russian, Tina Marie. Keep naming them. Yes. <laughs> okay. You never heard any of that come out of their mouths and you never heard any of those folks talk about losing their lives because of the genre of music that they're in. But today, today, you will not find somebody in that genre. And that's not a genre and it's not a culture. It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. And people are losing their lives. Young guys are losing their lives because of it. And Megan, and I do not like her. I do not like her at all. And the reason I don't like her is because the things that she has stood for, the things that she does, as far as I'm concerned, they're vulgar. They're vulgar. They're indecent. I don't care if she did go to Texas Southern and graduate. So did my daughter. And my, gra my daughter graduated with a degree in business. And so what? But she does not give Texas Southern a good name as far as I'm concerned. So she got shot in the foot by somebody who, who's a rapper, I think, who Story does this. Story who is, yes. I don't know what he does besides carry a gun and shoot folks in the feet. Rapper. Okay. And, and because he took out a gun and shot her in the foot, that is a mentality. That is a mentality. And there's nothing worse than a mentality of someone who thinks that behavior is okay. So he made the mistake, as far as I'm concerned, he made the mistake of taking his son to his trial. And he probably thought that his little boy, I think that was his little boy, going to the trial was going to sway the judge and the jury. He got 10 years. He got 10 years. You know, you know, it's, it's something interesting about Tory Lanez and, uh, and Megan. So Megan had a song with Beyonce called Savage, where she brags about bleeding the block. You know, bleeding the block, you're going to shoot up people and they're going to be on the block bleeding. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, that's what bleeding the block means. And so she was laying on the block in the street bleeding when the police had her get on the ground with her bleeding. He had bad, we call him Bad Bob, Tory Bad Bob Lanes, because Bad Bob was in that uh, movie with Judge Roy Bean with Paul Newman. Uh, where he shot, I think it was Stacey Keach. He shot, shot this dude in both feet. So we call him Bad Bob. But that's what, you know, that's what they promote. She promotes. She said, Savage, I'm going to bleed the block. Her and Beyonce. And Tori, Tori was, um, and I mentioned the baby earlier, and I mentioned that song from the baby and and Megan entitled Cry Baby. And if you, if you can stomach the video, uh, check it out just you know because we're doing this work sometimes I tell people I know it's tough and I've, I've taken on a lot of this for and watching and monitoring the stuff because it is tough one sister told me one day said Kwame you got to be very careful you know with taking in all this so that's when I said I stop I'm not listening anymore I always say I say I'm monitoring it but it, it is tough to, to understand that our children are enduring this madness and so many people are affected by this but I mentioned Tori he was at a concert a couple of years ago, where he was invited on stage by the baby, it was a Rolling Loud concert. And Rolling Loud, they are they are these bunch of minstrel minstrel fests, where they invite all these rappers 
to come in and, and do minstrel shows. And mostly be mostly a lot of Europeans are there because they can afford those high price tickets. But at these minstrel shows, they're much worse than what they were a hundred years ago when minstrel show was the number one form of entertainment for these Europeans here in the United States. These minstrel shows are much more pornographic and violent. And so the baby had a song called Rockstar and so many others that he performed, so many other ratchet songs. And Rockstar is interesting because it was like number one song in five different countries before it became a single and a hit in the U.S. in five different countries. And uh, and, and he wasn't playing no guitar. His, his, uh, his guitar was his gun. And he, his, his daughter's a G. She saw him kill it in by the age of two. What? He killed somebody in a Walmart. And uh, his daughter was with him. And, and that's, just, that's the lyric in the song. And so many other ratchet lyrics in that song. It's, and it was number one song in a country. And again, five other countries before it became number one in the U.S. What? So the baby's up here singing this song. And he brings on Tory Lanez during this, uh, during this time. And in between the baby singing, the song, and Tory, Tory had already been in trouble for, uh, already gotten in trouble for shooting uh, Megan by that time. He hadn't gone undergone trial yet. But during the same concert, Rolling Loud concert, the baby, uh, that's Scotty's homeboy too, out there, he's going to get mad at me. But as his homeboy, we all got homeboys involved, so many people involved in this crazy uh, rap game. But the baby, in between songs, he says something ignorant and crazy about homosexuals. Uh, they was in the car doing something to each other and talking about how they're going to spread AIDS or something. And so the, the mic caught that, and the baby got canceled. The baby got canceled. About a year later, the baby had a concert in, in New Orleans. They had to cancel it because I think they only sold like 1,400 tickets in a big arena. And But now they're they starting to play his stuff again because he has a song out with, I don't know if it's, it's a Sexy Red or with Glorilla. There's a sister also named Glorilla. Her name is Gloria. She changed her name to Glorilla. So they're now, that's her song name. And we all all the struggles we we go through, and if if some of these crackers or somebody calls us a monkey or a gorilla, we raise in hell. And here the sister calls herself a gorilla. Call yourself a savage. Call yourself adolescent. Call yourself a baby, the baby, little baby. So, but anyway, so the baby gets canceled. Hardly ever play his stuff on the radio as much anymore. He got some ratchet song he's starting to play now, but same thing. So he's able to wake, work his way back slowly but surely, still staying ratchet and violent and, and disrespectful. That's the same when it talked about the lemonade and telling the girl it was a uh, lemonade after he peed in the cup. So, uh, yeah, no. But they started to play him again. But Lupe, who was with us when we were demonst uh, demonstrating against this madness, you know, they still aren't playing him. And he's still making great music, still making conscious music addressing these issues that we have. You know, except for Lupe, you and the men bombs. Got to stop dropping them in bombs, brother. We had a discussion about that too one day, but so that's how this is just how this whole thing and it's so it's so pervasive. You mentioned about seventy five, but in two thousand and twenty, there were two hundred rappers who died in two thousand. Yes, yes. Two thousand twenty one, there were two hundred and fifty, and of the two hundred and fifty, two hundred of those died from gun violence. Yes. So, and and those are them. I mean, I mean, they're us, our people, but the people who aren't rappers that are getting killed i mean in chicago in that year i think it was like 11 people shot every day every day 11 people shot if 11 people shot every day nine of them look like you and i maybe 10 good god good god and and this is only a minute part of what's going on in the in the not the black communities because there are no more black communities those are gone so this is something that is very, very small compared to the bigger picture. So the bigger picture is so much. It's our health care issues. It's issues that face us, but also face other ethnicities, but they don't have it to the degree that we do. Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't. And I say all the time that Black people need to stop including brown people in their dialogue, in their projects, in their lives, in everything, because they don't include us. And call me whatever you want. Some of my closest friends, best friends, sisters are brown sisters. But by and large, by the whole group, they're not thinking about us. 
They're not thinking about us at all. Ask them and you'll see. They're not thinking about us. And they know we're not thinking about us. They know that. Especially in certain areas of the country. We mean nothing. And this is a clear demonstration of what we mean. This says we don't mean anything to anybody. We don't mean anything to ourselves. So this is okay. This is okay. And we've got to find ways to get a handle on this. We've got to find ways to clear the airwaves. We have to do that. It's inc incumbent upon us because they allowed this to happen. They wanted this to happen. And call me a name if you want to. I'm not a fan of the BLM. Not at all. And I'm not a fan because of what they stand for. And the destruction of the Black nuclear family, based on what they say, their manifesto, their mission statement, they want to dismantle the family. Well, the, the, the Black family has already been dismantled, and they want to further dismantle the family. So you have rap music, and you have those people, or whatever you want to call them, who are doing everything they can to dismantle the family. We don't stand a chance. We are destroying ourselves. We're, we're doing so much to destroy us. And if we don't change, if we don't take some kind of pill that makes us think differently, we're all but gone. We are all but gone. I admire what you're doing. I admire it because not only is it necessary, but you're probably a whole bunch of years my junior. Somebody's got to take the reins. And I admire that. Let me quickly say, folks, thank you for listening to the Black Talk Media Project. I am your host, Colette Williams, right here on Black Talk Radio Network with my wonderful guest, Kwabina. And we're talking about clearing the airwaves project. What are some of the things that you're going to be doing in the coming years? And tell us about your cause and how other people can also get involved in Clear the Airwaves Project. You know, we're, we're optimistic. We thought that we just, you know, somebody, you guys don't have an organization and all that. So no, I mean, we're, we, we organize and we mobilize the people, but we didn't, we didn't think it would take this long. We thought once we got the word out and the people knew what was happening, it wouldn't take that long. And our, our our goal is to get this ratchet crap off the radio. That's what we really focus on, getting it off the radio. And we feel that it will, everything else will fall into place after that. And uh, But that's that's our goal. What we got upcoming is there's a couple things. So you mentioned Megan, and I'm going to mention Essence Fest. So Essence Fest, you know, Essence Magazine, Reputation for being a inspire inspirational Susan Taylor, you know, ed editor in chief in the spirit, uh, classy magazine. Well, their their fest in New Orleans has turned into a ratchet. Um, yes, so, right. so Megan closed it out with the fifty five minute set of just dropping in bombs, b bombs, talking about things I'm definitely not going to say right now. But if you, it's it's online, you can see the whole fifty five minute set. I I I watch some of it and but i had it on for 55 minutes when i was traveling so I, I didn't get a chance to i mean i wasn't really watching it but i heard it and i did see the three times not once not twice but three times when she called sisters on stage in new orleans i believe they were at the superdome to hop on stage and twerk and drop it and simulate with the rear ends on the on the on the ground like they're humping the air it was just it was oh yes three not once twice but three different times so that was brought to you by L'Oreal, brought to you by Coca-Cola, by Target. Yes, yes. And the two yes. other sponsors. So, yes. uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're sending there. We got their information. So very soon we're going to be sending their CEOs letters, uh, postcards, letting them know that, that we're, we're, we're not having that, that we're, uh, that we're, that we, we, we want to boycott you. We want mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe that, Megan the horse, she also needs to understand that we're coming after her. We're coming after you. We're, it's bad enough that the education system 
has let our kids down, let our families down. But our kids, when they're not in school, and even when they are in school, because there is a growing population of educators who feel that the best way for them to get through to their students is rap music. They feel that it's very important for kids to hear rap because that's what they engage with and that's what gets their attention. So I did a, a conference for the state of California and I had a hundred educators in my workshop. Well, after they finished my workshop, we all walked around. There was another workshop with a large number of educators in there and his was on rap music, teaching math to rap. Mm -hmm. And I tried to say, you guys are barking up the wrong tree. And he said, no, we're not. This is how you get kids to engage. This is how you get them to listen and to learn through rap. And uh, you can probably tell by now I was outraged. Mm. I was outraged. And I said, you mean to tell me this is the only way as a teacher, you've been in this profession for what, a decade? And this is the only way you can teach math? You should be ashamed of yourself. Wow. You should be ashamed. If this is the only way I'm teaching character education, I'm teaching them about morals and standards and creating a foundation. They're teaching these kids how to rap, how to count one, two, three, you and me, and rap to that. That's how they learn. That's how they learn. And to me, the way I see it, based on my experience, that's bass backwards and ass backwards. We're trying to teach them to be responsible citizens. How do we teach them to be responsible and thoughtful and people that conduct themselves with humility and humanity? When teachers are coming in the classroom saying, count to one, two, three to this. This is how you learn your fractions. This is how you learn percentages. This is how you learn to add and subtract and divide. How do we say that? How do we say that? Well, you can get it if you're learning math. How do you do that? So that that really that is devoid of to me. That's devoid of a consciousness. And to see people who think that that's okay. They think that that's okay. That's the way kids learn. And you'd be surprised, and you probably wouldn't be surprised. But the number of educators who agree with that, that's what's astounding. That's just, how do you get there? How do you get there? So, Dr. So, oh. so what were you going to say? I was saying, Dr. Dr. Welsing, you made me think about her a couple of times, wanted to get it out, uh, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. She made an analysis that rap music has annihilated the self-respect of Black people. Mm -hmm. And I, I cannot disagree with her. And I, I do a conscious rap show. I do a conscious hip-hop show. I've been doing it for 24 years out here. And we play, like I mentioned, some of those artists I mentioned earlier. We play conscious artists and play some of their content. And we follow it with the artists that you, we do a funk show after that, which, and, uh, which is a lot of artists that you mentioned earlier. We play a lot of that, too, afterwards. But it's, uh, yeah, it. it it's it's sad. It's interesting. It's it's what it is. Cause I went to a concert a couple of weeks ago with Confunction, Lakeside, and Midnight Star. And I was Absolutely. watching Stephen Stockley play the guitar. I was watching Michael Cooper yes, play the guitar. Yes. Saying Love Train is powerful. He's like seven years old, I think, just blowing Love Train. And I think about how Bruno Mars and those get and um they get all his love. I mean, they're okay, but we yes, don't like yes. we have so many artists like that who could perform as well as that and even better. And but when I asked my coworker, can you name a group, a singer group that we have out right now? And he can only name one. Yes. And, oh, I said the same on, thing. Name. That's right. I said the same thing. Name so, one. Yeah. So they don't, they've gotten rid of a, I don't know. I mean, it, and the thing is our youth, I love it, still love it. I did a presentation at Southern University a couple of years back. And with, with me, I brought a bunch of CDs with me. And I brought them in categories, jazz, or funk slow jams, conscious hip hop, and one other category. So when I got finished with the presentation, I told the students, you know, go get you some music. And the first group, the first stack of music that was gone, CDs that were gone, were the uh, slow jams. They got they they got those quick. Not the conscious hip hop, they, that was the slow jams went first. Yes, yes. They, they appreciate and, and that love music. And mm -hmm. then I asked them, 
name me three slow jams that are out this year and they can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, and so they, they yeah. you know, we get on Megan like we should. Um, and, and these artists, and some people get on us, you guys get on the artists too much. No, we're not letting them off the hook. However, we do know that it's the industry that pushes them. You know, like Kwame Ture said, when you look at problems of oppressed people, you make a mistake when you don't, when you let the oppressor off the hook. They wouldn't be oppressed if they didn't Absolutely. have Absolutely, absolutely. We do know that's the music industry and those conglomerates, those radio stations that control us. There is a uh, thing called the N-word and it's multi-layered power structure that people should look at. It's like a 10 minute video. Uh, you can find it on social media, the N-word and it's multi-layered power structure. There's oh. a thing called the N-I-G-G-A factory. N-I-G-G-E-R factory that speech from Arrested, Arrested Development did. Oh check out, but check it out because he breaks down the uh, science behind what they did and how, mm -hmm. what they're doing to us. So they, these people, they're breaking down the diabolical nature of these beasts who are pushing this stuff on the masses of our people and talking about why they do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've got just a few minutes left. So on a personal note, what actually drives you to dedicate so much time and energy and effort because this is a lot. What drives you to do this? And, and this is a notable cause because it, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. So how do you get yourself up to go and how can we all join in and, and really, really make some changes with this cause? You know, I don't know, my mother and father split when I was little and my father, we had, uh, what happened? I'm trying to think what happened because I ended up with a room to myself. That's right, because my stepbrother, me and him were roommates, and him, and, you know, him, he left, so they left. And so my two oldest brothers, they stayed in the one room, and I had a room to myself where I kept it like that. So, but I had my radio on every night. My daddy would come, turn the radio off. I just turned down, listen to K to A, K G of J or K H or something, just listen to the music. Oh, and I just, I just love music. And then to hear, like you said earlier, you know, sometime even today, I wake up and say, this is so unbelievable that we can go from, uh, we can go from Ain't No Woman Like The One I Got from The Four Tops, which is such a beautiful song, to Jay-Z and Foxy Brown talking about Ain't No End Like The One I Got. No one can F me better. It's like, you know, and it's, and it's even, oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that's an old one there. That's the one. What? Kind of, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just don't, you just don't. Oh, oh, it's so crazy right now. And so just because of my love of music and and just to see what they've they've done to, and I've been in the music all the while, DJing with her, as a uh, as a hobby more so, not as a way of life, or as a way of life in a way, listening to music, but DJing on the radio and at parties and events sometimes. But and just to see what happened, and just having that spirit in me, I guess in me from when I came up. Look, sometimes my mother uh, talks about she was telling me about my my father saying, "Yeah, you he spent so much time doing that." He needs to be doing this. And my mother tells me, said, well, you, what? <laughs> That's what you were doing. You know, I look at what my, I grew up with. You know, <laughs> my movement, I'm a, like a Panther cub in a way. Right. And I right. grew up in that. So I, I I don't like seeing my people wrong and our children wrong like that. This, they're doing this to our children. Our children yes. are children. They can't fend for themselves. Yes. They yes. need us to protect them. That's what Coach Powell said. He wrote the message in the bottle and the, the hip hop hypocrisy. So our children, yeah. And they're doing this to our children, y'all. I mean, come on. This, that's who they focus on. And now these children, a lot of them are adults now. And, and it, so it's affecting the adults even more so. And, it, and we're dying. This stuff is killing us. Yes, yes. And you know, hip hop, yes. hip hop was about during this 50 year anniversary, quote, um, peace, love, unity, and having fun. Mm -hmm. It's now turned to war, hate, individualism, and despair. I was uh, watching the news yesterday. This sister who lost her 19 year old son who had just lost his girlfriend not too long. And she was in despair. And I, you know, we don't show this all the time, but these people are in despair when you, when you, when you're killing their family members and your family gets in despair if they catch you and you go into prison, they, you, they'll be without you for decades and decades. So it's, it's, and again, for your music to promote this, to promote it, to call it's you in, and the horrible. women, the women get it like, Y'all get it even worse because not only do you get N bombs dropped on y'all, y'all get B bombs, H bombs, you get called thoughts. You know what the thought is? No. Them hoes out there. Or that hoe over there. And yeah, and it caught so it's just the women just get it. So coming up in September, at the end of September, we're gonna be in Atlanta and we're building a united front 
to combat this murder music. Wow. We had we had a, a program with CMOTAP, and we work with CMOTAP, which is committed to eliminate media offensive to African people. And they also hooked us up with uh, Bob Long, the National Black Leadership Alliance, who worked with the National Congress of Black Women, the Nubian Leadership Circle, or other organizations. That's who so- I work with. Okay. The, Nubian- I work- uh, the National Congress of Black Women, yes. Okay, good, good. Dr. Ife Williams was, was with us during this Respect Us campaign that we had a couple of years ago. As a matter of fact, we got a resolution pending in the New York City Council condemning these ratchet, ratchet killer radio stations in New York. And we did that because New York being the biggest city, if they pass this resolution, I mean, that can have a big effect. And yeah. it's sitting there. It's been, we, we, we got together and wrote them letters, Simo Tap, uh, myself, my brother Bernard, Bernard uh, Kramer, who wrote the book, uh, Who Stole the Soul, The Weaponization of Hip Hop, which is a great book that people should check out. Who Stole the Soul, The Weaponization of Hip Hop. And also our sister Marcia, who helped with her sister produce that piece called uh, the N-word and his multi-layered power structure. We wrote letters to each and every city council person in New York City about a year after they just let that resolution sit. And one of the things we told them, like we mentioned earlier, if you all passed this resolution, Hot 97 would not have had Throat Babies as the number one song in the country for our children. But y'all, didn't, they, they're just sitting on it and complaining about the violence and the disrespect. Right, right. That resolution. Yeah, and they allow so, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so we had this meeting with Simotap and it was it's uh, it's on uh, Black Talk Media Network too. It's on here, but where we got together five former or five veteran Black Panthers, and to deal with this issue, y'all did not do what y'all did for us to be dropping in bombs and rapping about killing each other. That's right. That's right. And so one of the brothers on there said, "No, we had a um, a national conference to combat um, fascism back in 1969." Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what we're going to do at the end of September in Atlanta. Last week in September, uh, we're building a campaign. We're building a, um, a, a cadre, not a cadre. We're building a united front to combat this murder music. That's what's coming okay. up. Great. Well, I'm so, so enamored with the things that you're talking about. I admire that. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So for the last minute or so, tell our listeners Give them some advice on supporting you and how they can also get involved in this this push to clear the airwaves, this project. It's a wonderful project. So tell them how we can do that. Check out what your children are listening to. I know this stuff is kind of hard what we talk about, but you got to you got to listen to some of this crap and hopefully be as outraged as we are and and work to put a stop to us because, again, they're tackling our children with this. Our, our movement is called the Clear the Airwaves Project. You can check us out at Clear the Airwaves, and it's airwaves like an ocean waves with a V. Mm-hmm. ClearTheAirwavesProject.org. You can also get us on Facebook and also email me at clearairwaves at gmail.com. And, you know, this, we need help. One sister said, Kwame, I don't think you'll be able to do anything about this. I said, you're absolutely right. I won't be able to do anything about it. If, if that was the case, it would have been done. But right. we, we, we can. can. Yes, we can. Absolutely. And we, must, and we must do it. We must. We must do that. It's, again, we it's must. Yes. With this madness. Yes, we must. And you mentioned L.A. stations. You mentioned KGFJ, K-Day, all those. So are you in L.A.? No, I'm in I'm in Gary, but I grew up in the L.A. area. OK. OK. You, well, know, you, know, about, you know about them? You that's what, Are you from? Are you in L.A.? I, I'm in L.A. and in Dallas. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm in Dallas right now, but I go back to LA tomorrow. But LA is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's and and what happens in LA, it's indicative of just the music. That's not music. It's indicative of rap crap. It's it's just I can't even tell you what it is. But folks, thank you for listening. You can find this podcast and all of the other podcasts on the Black Talk Radio network and thank you for joining us and and uh Kwabana, we could go on for the next two hours about this because there's so much to talk about and i i really have to give a hand to scotty for setting this up for me because it is a lot to talk about and there's a lot to really really get to and so much that we have to unpack and you mentioned things that i cannot fathom i can't fathom this kind of stuff it it's it's I can't say that it's beyond me. It's beneath me. I'll yeah. say that. Sister Taz, Ta- Tazamisha? Yes, Tazamisha. Tazamisha. Yes. 
I appreciate you for allowing us to come on. Hope we can do it again. And, and uh, yes, we can. We can keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this. We will not give up. We will be part of your cause. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. And the project is Clear the Airwaves Project. And thank you so much, Kwabana, for joining us this evening right here on the Black Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much. And folks, get this podcast and all of your other podcasts on the Black Talk Radio Network. Join us next week for another, another hot topic. We'll talk with you soon. Take care.